Welcome to my fifth podcast here at The Voice of the Arts. Joe Weber with you for the next 30 or so minutes, doing my best to entertain you during this time of trial that we are all living through. Respect of the Men by Jack Handy As leader of the expedition, I have come to realize that there is one thing more important than any other, and that is the respect of the men. It is more valuable than your gun or your knife or the blue terry cloth slippers that keep your feet so toasty around the campfire at night. In fact, the respect of the men can be even more important than the success of the mission itself. So if you're not exactly sure what the mission is, you may not want to ask the men because you might lose their respect. You don't get the respect of the men right away. You can try by getting down in the dirt and begging them for it, or by kissing their boots, or by doing your funny cowboy dance for them. But trust me, these are not going to work. No, respect is something that has to be earned, and earned slowly like a fine, respectful wine. You can't try to earn it all at once, maybe by doing something like yelling out, hey, watch this, and then rolling all the way down the side of a hill. Even if you explain to the men that there could have been snakes and bees where you rolled, but you didn't care, it won't impress them. Rather, respect is earned by little things. Let's say you're leading the expedition through the bush and you announce, I can't go any farther. But you do for about five more hours until you fall exhausted in the sand. Then you get up and make the men a nice dinner. Things like that. Or later that night around the campfire, you're toasting one of your marshmallows using a stick that you broke off a tree with your bare hands. The marshmallow catches fire and you wave it around to put it out. Even though it is out, the marshmallow is still smoky, hot, and sparky, but you just pop it straight into your mouth. Or let's say you're riding your horse over some sharp rocks. So you get off to walk your horse, even though the rocks are really rough on your terry cloth slippers. The men notice things like that. You're going to tear up those house shoes, one of the men might say to you. I know you mumble because your mouth is still sore from the burning marshmallow. That night, you might check outside your tent to see if there's a present from the men, which, if you opened it, would be a new pair of slippers. But there isn't. And you smile to yourself because you realize that the respect of the men is not the same as the love of the men. But if it is difficult to gain the men's respect, it's easy to lose it. And the worst part is you don't even know what it was you did. Was it trying to mash nine burning marshmallows into your mouth at once? Was it telling the men that you laugh at danger? But then you don't see any danger, so instead you laugh at mountains and trees and horse manure and Curtis's hat. Was it asking them about the hideous howls during the night that sounded like the lost souls of Hades, shrieking in agony and torment, and the men not knowing what you're talking about, then having one of the men say, "Eh, maybe it was a tree frog? You can never know for sure, but one thing is certain. You can't win back their respect with cheap parlor tricks or, say, a magic trick. Even if you take hours to learn the trick and you gather the men around the campfire to perform it and you use a little magic table that you made yourself, 
And even if you think the trick has performed pretty well, this is not going to rekindle the men's respect. You can tell from the looks they give one another and the lack of applause. You may get a little respect if you get mad and throw the table and the trick parts into the fire, but that's about it. And you may get some respect from the dove for letting him go. But still you're wondering, what's wrong with these men? Come on, that was a good trick. The respect of the men can be a cruel mistress and a harlot. But at other times it can be a nice mistress and a happy slut. You can't think about it too much, but if you ignore it, it can sneak up and cold cock you like an angry prostitute. You know it won't be easy, but one day you will again have the respect of the men. You don't know when or how. And you can't help thinking that maybe if you could explain to the men just how difficult the magic trick was, it would go a long way toward getting the whole respect thing going again. You've been listening to Jack Handy's The Respect of the Men from his collection, What I Would Say to the Martians and Other Veiled Threats. Drake is in his hammock and a thousand mile away. Captain of their sleeping there below. Slung between the round shot and on the Dios Bay and dreaming all the time of Plymouth Hoe. Yonder looms the island, yonder lie the ships, with sailor lads are dancing heel and toe. And the shoreline's flashing and the night tide dashing, he sees it all so plainly as he saw it long ago. He was a Devon man and ruled the Devon seas. Captain of their sleeping there below. Rolling all his death bell, he went with heart at ease and dreaming all the time of Plymouth Hoe. Take my drum to England, hang it by the shore, strike it when your powder's running low. If the downside Devon, I'll quit the port of heaven and drum them up the channel as we come them long ago. Drake is in his hammock till the great armada's come. Captain of the sleeping slung between the round shot listening for the drum and dreaming all the time of Liverpool. Call him on the deep sea, call him up the song, call him when he sailed to meet the pole. Where the old flag's flying and the old flag flying, they shall find him well and well. Sir Francis Drake, the illustrious British sea captain, won the respect of the men who reported to him. I'm not sure that was the case with Captain Wolf Larsen on his vessel, the Rita B. (laughs) 
Just as things at the House of Toast seemed to be running smoothly, Mary, Harry, Pop, and Calvin were shanghaied by Captain Wolf Larsen aboard his pirate ship, the Rita B. Now, nearly 24 hours at sea, the captain calls for all hands on deck as we hear... Well, then, I want you all to listen and listen real hard. I'm handing out some chores today to my new crew members. Now then, you, Ms. Backstage, you're handy with a paint brusher here. Mary's a very well, good painter, Captain Larson. I've done, you know, kitchens and bedrooms, things like that. Very good. Then, you're just the one we want to get up there and paint the crow's nest. Why, that's a good hundred feet in the air, Captain Larson, up that mast. How, uh, how do I get up there? Why, <laughs> you climb up, ma'am. See, there's a rope ladder there. You just scoot right up till you get to the crow's nest. Well, Captain Larson, Mary's always been afraid of heights. Uh, I don't know whether she could climb that rope ladder with a I bucket of paint. a little dizzy on a stepladder, never mind climbing up a rope ladder to the crow's nest. I'll volunteer for it, Captain Larson. No, I'll be... no, I don't want no volunteers around here. When I want volunteers, I'll certainly be asking for volunteers. Oh, better be quiet, Pop. Why? Oh, oh. You all right, Pop? Yeah, I'm okay. Anybody else want to volunteer to paint the crow's nest? Uh, no, I guess Mary, oh. Mary's Mary got the job, Captain Larson. I don't think I want to do it. Have you got any assignments for uh, for me? Yeah, now, I want you to go below to the galley and report to the good cook down there and tell him that you're ready for work. Hard work. Yes, sir. How about me, uh, Captain Larson? Maybe you'd like the deck scrape or something. No, I have something better now backstage. The bilges need to be pumped. The bilges? Aired and then painted a seagoing gray. Now, where would they be, Captain Larson? Which direction? Well, Blacktooth will show you to the bilge a little bit later. When I count three, you're all going to hop to your job anyway. Now then, let me see. I'm going to go to the galley. I'm going to go to the crow's nest. I'm going to be shown to the bilges. What's Pop going to do? Yeah, what am I going to do? You're going to go to the galley, too. You and Calvin here are going to work with the good cook down there. Hey, I think we got a pretty good assignment, Calvin. Sorry about the bilges, Harry. Oh, well, they're not that bad. Funny that they would go below decks or to the kitchen or galley, whatever they call it, and he gives me this awful job of climbing up a hundred and some odd feet on a... Well, it well I guess seem he, right. he thinks it's an easy job, Mary, so better make the best of it. All right, now, you all get your assignments, ain't you? Yep, we do. All right, when I count three, move. What? So Captain Larson hands out the assignments to our friends, and Mary begins to climb the rope ladder to the crow's nest. You'll want to be here next time when we'll hear Calvin say, Uh, would you pass the salt, please? That's in the next exciting episode of Mary Backstage Noble Wife. Word Carr speaking. Dining in a chic and youthful atmosphere, you'll love the Chuck Wagon Francais. 
Atlanta's premier bistro for nouvelle cuisine with a French southwestern accent. Enjoy our chaudière of baby carrots where each baby carrot is individually hand-floodled before being boiled in a terrine of hand-sullied olive oil. Sample our trottoir of baby she-slugs sautéed tableside by our master chef, Guillaume Giroux, four-time winner of the prestigious Golden Spatula Award presented by Modern Plumbing Magazine. Whether you're a bronc busting ombre or a middle-aged couch potato, you'll love our Sonoran Desert ambiance. Restrooms? Why, of course. We have both men's and ladies' bathrooms well-appointed and in thorough compliance with Fulton County Code requirements for stalls and urinals. Each urinal is handsomely equipped with a perforated plastic spray guard. Parking? Not a problem. Just park in front of Eckerd's and pretend that you're going to buy something before running for your life across Buford Highway. Le Chuck Wagon Francais, serving Atlanta's most discriminating diners for over 16 months without a single case of bacteriological contamination. I'd like to welcome Bruce Rogovin to our studios today. And Bruce is a, uh, well, an avocational gourmet. <gasps> and Bruce, I, I understand that you, you also have a blog. Oh, that's right, Larry. Um, I have my old blog called the Avocational Gourmet, and I write about uh, fine dining and fine wines. Here in Atlanta. That's correct. So you travel around, basically. How do you select the restaurants that you go to? Well, this is, uh, uh, you know, as I've said, it's avocational. I make my living as an attorney. Okay. But I like to go to different restaurants, and then I write on my blog about what I've had to eat, what I've had to drink, what kind of experience it was. And I, I was recently at the... Uh, uh, Chuck Wag- Le, Le Chuck Wagon Francais. Is that the restaurant on, on Buford Highway? That's right? right. That's right. Right. Well, I've heard about it. I've never dined there myself, so well, give us your impressions. I was a little disappointed. I've dined there before, but I was a little uh, disappointed by uh, kind of the lack of flavor in a number of the dishes. Not much aroma. Uh, Everything was either salty or sour or sweet. No, not a lot of nuance. I see. Thing. Well, excuse me for saying, but uh, I see that you you have a box of tissues there, and, and it yeah. sounds like you you have a cold. And I've well, been... it's not so much a cold. I have I I have allergies. I have a post nasal drip, uh, and I do have a bit of a sinus infection as well. But uh, so this that's a... never stopped me from uh, from critiquing restaurants. So a chronic uh, sinus. Uh, infection and uh, what dish did you sample? Well, I had the veal paillard, which was absolutely tender. You know, they take the veal and they they hit it with like a hammer with these little spikes on the end, and they flatten it down, and it was just wonderfully tender, but not a lot of flavor. So you didn't, you really weren't able to uh, to enjoy it as much as you thought you would. Now, right. This oh, is, and I think that maybe they didn't have sufficient salt in there or, or whatever. But uh, you don't think— I had a fine, a fine, absolutely a fine Malbec w- uh, with it, which was quite good. Malbec, now that's a, that's a kind of wine? Right. 
Right. Now, doesn't wine also depend a lot on aroma and? Uh, well, yeah, they 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 talk about the nose of a wine, and uh, and uh, and the wine was uh, was quite good. I enjoyed it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, anything else about the restaurant we should know in terms of? Uh, well, the, I, the, the atmosphere. Besides the lack of nuance in the flavors, I would say that the. I don't like the fact that there's absolutely no parking there. You have to park across the street. And as you could imagine, getting across Buford Highway, you know, at a busy time in the evening, six thirty, seven o'clock, is you take it a bit of a chance. Well, I mean, so they don't have parking. That's a right aid, I believe. That's that's right across the street. So. Right. So I park at the right aid, and I usually go and wander around. Maybe I'll buy a pack of gum or something, so that you know. They, and then I then you got to sprint across Buford Highway, which. Uh, is always kind of chancy. And in terms of stars, how would you uh, rate Chuck Wagon Francais? I'd give, it, I'd give it three stars out of five. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Larry. Do you Thanks. have a? What's your next destination? There's a Wendy's that's supposed to be different from uh, a number of the others that I want to try on Buford Highway as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, our. Uh, our avocational gourmet, Mr. Bruce Ragavan, and uh, hope to talk to you again soon, Bruce. Thank you, Larry. And I hope your uh, sinus infection clears uh, up. It never clears.
You're listening to podcast number five here on The Voice of the Arts with Joe Weber. We just heard John Coltrane and Tommy Flanagan on piano performing a Harold Arlen tune, My Shining Hour. Next, we're going to listen to Sergei Rachmaninoff playing his prelude in G minor. I believe it's prelude number three.
Sergei Rachmaninoff, the composer and the pianist, on Prelude Number no. Three in G Minor. Folks, I hope I've helped you forget about the coronavirus for a while. We're going to close out this podcast number five with some comedy from Bob and Ray, as well as some music from the mythic American West. One of us is going to get off first. Well, here. Well, I'm going to let me try to get down. First. All right. Oh, hold, hold, wait, wait, hold, hold, hold up there. Hold, hold. Oh. Wait a minute. My foot's, my foot's hard. Yeah, wait. Let me, let me ride over there. All right. Uh, help All right. Now, wait a minute. All right. There you go. Yeah. Oh, hold there. All right. Hold, hold, wait, hold up there. Hold, hold up. I'm facing the wrong way. Yeah. You swung right around. Maybe completely. you better get down, and maybe you can help me off. All right. Wait a minute. Let me, uh, I'll ride over back and see if I can help you. Yeah. Back him up. And now, hold, you, hold, hold, hold up, boy. All right, now, now let me then, just swing my left leg over. Left to right first. Uh, swing the left one over and hang on with the right. All right, good. Uh, there you uh, go. Now, hold. Oh. Wait a minute. Oh, now I got one foot on the ground. Hey, come back. Hold, 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 hold. You got one foot on the ground. Hold, hold, hold. Wish I could help you, but I'm facing the wrong way. Yeah, wait, I'm coming back now. All right. Oh. All right, now. Here, I'll bend down. Hold on. Let me see if I can take it. Hey, wait, I got an idea. Right over under that tree and grab hold of that limb. All right. And then just hang there and uh, have the horse go out from under you. All right. Ho, ho, ho. Hang on now. I am. Wait a minute. If I let go, I'll be 10 feet from the ground. Yeah, that's right. Probably be too far to fall. Come over and get me, will you? All right. Come on. Oh, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, I am too. Oh, now, I'm going to try this time. All right. By putting my right foot down oh, first. Oh, I dropped my hat. Oh, there goes my mess cup. Well, that's down anyway. But we're going to have to eat here, no doubt about it. Wait yeah. a minute. I'll get hey, down. what do you say we eat on our horses? Wait, wait a minute, I'm down. Well, all right, now. No, I'm not either. No, you oh, No, I'm not either. Thought for a minute I was down. Wait a minute. Oh, oh. Uh, do you have any ideas, Tex? Yeah, I'm going to eat right here, sitting here where I am. Well, I can't eat this way. My mess cup's gone. Yeah. Hold up steady. What'd you bring to eat anyway? Well, it's... Get them Parkhouse rolls? Yeah, rich creamery butter. Yeah. Oh, melting. Looks good. I wish I could get down from this horse. I can't do it. I just can't do it. No, I can't either. Maybe we can sleep here overnight. We can wake up fresh in the morning when we can get off. I'm going to try it once more. I'm going right. to start down by taking my foot out of the stirrup. 
Now you keep an eye on me and All see right. how I do this. If okay. I do it right, then you follow. Okay. We're gonna eat in the ground like cowboys should. Right. Around right, the campfire. Now put my right foot down. Oh, they, they, wait a minute. I mean, you're oh. stirrup. Oh, look yeah. at that. I... We're worse than we ever were now. Now you're on my horse. Oh, get, come on. Here we come. Help! 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 Punching wasn't slow. I've turned the longhorn steer one way, the other the buffalo. I went up the trail in the 80s, oh, the hardships I have stood. I drank the water from cow tracks, boys, when you bet it tasted good. I've rode night guard many a night in the face of a driving storm and sang to them steers a doleful song as they rattled their hawks and horns. I've been in many a stampede too I've heard the rumbling noises And the light we had to turn them by Was the lightning on their horns Cowboy I rode within is sleeping on old Boot Hill. And the last cow drive was made to dodge on the Jones and Plummer Trail. They're building towns and railroads now where we used to bed our cows. And the man with a mule, the plow and hoe Is digging up our old bed grounds The old cowboy has watched the change Seen the good times come and go But the old cowboy will soon be gone Just like the buffalo 